Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the My Type of Type 1 podcast. This week, I talk about whether or not having diabetes limits you. I also have a little story about myself and how I almost let the idea of being limited stop me. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. How does it feel to feel limitless? How does it feel to not have to second guess every decision that you make in life? Is it really that great? Because I feel like sometimes I don't know what that's like. Most times when people hear diabetes or hear that you're a diabetic, they think of all the things you can't do. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't eat this or drink that. And... As far as I know, because I was a baby when I was diagnosed, but as far as I know, the only thing that the doctor told my parents at that time was that I couldn't be an astronaut. Yet somehow, it seems like everybody always has a huge list of things that I can't do or that I shouldn't do. And I mean, this disease, it doesn't really limit us, but we've probably put these limits on ourselves. For instance, I used to play baseball. Love playing the sport. I don't watch it much, but I love playing it. But there's always that thing in the back of my head that's like, have you ever heard of a diabetic baseball player? Come on, are you really going to do this? And so, you know, you never really pursue anything. And that goes for any sport in general, really. And then... I also wanted to be an actor. And then again, there's that thought process of, but is there really a type 1 diabetic actor out there? Like, really, how many do you know? And it's just, you you make these own thoughts in your head, and it's like, subconsciously, somehow, you end up setting your own limits on the things that you do or want to do. Which, I mean, that's just as bad as somebody else putting those limits on you. I can remember this one time someone had asked, since I'm a diabetic, was there anything that I shouldn't be eating? And before I really had a chance to answer, my wife kind of spoke up and she's like, there's not really anything that my husband shouldn't be eating. He can eat what he wants. And I don't know why, but that left an impression on me. But I mean, when you really think about it, there's really not much of a limit. I mean, you have dietary restrictions but you have some in the sense of like if you're allergic to something well yeah if you're allergic to something and it could you know close your throat and kill you and stop you from breathing then you probably shouldn't be eating that but other than that i mean there shouldn't really be any kind of limit or restriction nobody should you know have a horrible diet. Nobody should be eating cupcakes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, regardless of if you're diabetic or not. That's just not healthy. But the difference with that is, if you are not a diabetic and you choose to do this, your body's going to create the insulin that it needs to combat all the sugar and carbs that you keep loading into your body. Well, I have to do mine manually. I mean... Honestly, if you really want to make this simple, that's the only difference. I have to manually take my insulin, which is a lot harder than it sounds because, well, just go listen to my last podcast if you don't 
understand that, but it, it is harder than it sounds. Let's not make it sound easy. However, you calculate for it. You take your insulin for it. Now, either way, diabetic or not, if you're eating cupcakes, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you don't really have a good diet. But just because you are diabetic, that's not the reason you shouldn't be eating it. You shouldn't be eating that because that's not a proper diet. Everybody has the same restrictions in that case. I feel like my whole life, I kind of let this fear of the what ifs, what could happen, I kind of let it control me. I let it stop me from doing certain things, living my life. And I don't know. It's just, I feel like there's some things that I missed out on. And it's because of being diabetic. And I had this restriction on myself on this fear of going out and doing something. And it's like, well, I can't do that, but I can. And I don't know, maybe it stems from when I was younger, there was so much importance put on my health that, and don't get me wrong, my health is important. I want to be healthy. I want to be here and alive living. But did I take that so far that I let it stop me from living? being a normal kid. For instance, there was this trip that I wanted to go on in 2013. A lot of friends were going out of state for a week and I wanted to go. My parents didn't want to go. Now, normally that would have been a done deal. Well, your parents are going, you're not going, but I really wanted to go. And I mean, I'm 21, right? I'm way past being 18 and being an adult. I'm 21. And I remember all the conversations that my parents had with me on, you know, just making sure that I'm going to be okay. You know, I can't just up and leave and not worry about things. There there are things that I do have to worry about. I have to worry about my blood sugar. I have to worry about overnights and sleeping. I remember talking to my best friend who was going on this trip and he kind of knew a little bit about, you know, diabetes and he would be aware of like, if I needed to eat, if my sugar was maybe dropping or so, but nothing too extensive. I remember having the conversation with him and just kind of saying, you know, I'm going to need some help. You know, you got to help make sure that I'm okay. Um, I remember telling him, like, if I'm asleep and you talk to me, I will answer you. So you can't really take that because you'll ask me if I'm okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm probably not. I'm like, if I'm asleep, you like need to literally wake me up and like sit up on the edge of the bed and like stand up before I give, you know, a comprehensive answer to anything you may be asking me. He's like, all right, I got you. You know, I'm not asking you anything in your sleep. I'm waking you up and standing you up before I, you know, take any answers from me. And I'm like, good. And then it was just the what to do in case of emergencies, you know, how to test my blood sugar, what the numbers mean, who to call, when to call, how to use the uh, the glucagon emergency kit, making sure that we always had, you know, an emergency stash of soda. A lot of people use juice or glucose tabs or things. We usually use like a Coca-Cola. You know, making sure that we had enough of an emergency stash with us to last us the entire week. And, you know, he, he kind of, he, he, he was up for the challenge. He, he usually always is. Um, 
But yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he even went and talked to my parents too. Like, I didn't know this until years later, but I think he went and talked to them and like asked them questions, which is good. I'm glad he did that because literally there's a life that, you know, is in his hands. And I remember um, one of my points of me, you know, going on this trip was that there were other adults staying in the hotel and... There would have been other adults close by who would have known what to do in that situation as far as getting, you know, calling 911, getting the help and obviously calling my parents, letting them know, asking them, you know, what to do, telling them what they've tried and then calling 911 to make sure that, you know, proper authorities are called to get help, too. And even after going through all of that and. I don't know who would have been more worried, me or my parents, probably obviously my parents, about me going on this trip. But even with doing, you know, everything that they would have wanted and making sure that not only they were comfortable, but, you know, obviously I would have to be comfortable with this too, but making sure that they were comfortable, which is probably not even the best word to use, but comfortable enough with me going on this trip for a week without them um i think we would end up being like eight hours away or so by car but even after getting all that and having everything lined up and having our plans and our backup plans and knowing that you know i i'm still the one that's actually responsible for all this and i always am but you know normally you kind of you have your parents right behind you so that's usually fine but this time it's like you you don't have that and to really understand you know the responsibility that comes with it you know i almost didn't go on this trip i almost didn't go and i don't think anybody knows this but i i remember waking up one morning and just i guess mini panic attack but i like freaked out because all i could think of was something was gonna go wrong you know I would take too much insulin at dinner or I don't know, just something where I'd be active and, you know, activity works weird with certain people. Sometimes the effects of that activity will affect your, your blood sugar right away. Sometimes it won't affect it for a couple hours later. So me just thinking, great, I'm going to be active one day and then I'm going to go eat dinner and I'm going to take my insulin like I normally would. And I shouldn't do it like that because then the activity is going to catch up with me later and I'm just, it's going to happen when I'm in my sleep and all these different scenarios, these, these what ifs. And I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about all of this. And this was probably, I want to say a week or two before this trip actually happened. And I literally talked myself out of going on this trip. I was like, I can't do that. I can't do this. You know, I'm going to die in this, on this trip. And it freaked me out. And I remember I was going to pick up the phone and I was going to call my friend, my best friend and tell him, I can't do it. I'm not going And I don't know, I probably would have made up some excuse and I would have felt horrible for it. But I picked up my phone and I was really almost going to call him and tell him and be like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going. I can't do it. And then 
I put my phone down. I got up. I went to the kitchen. My mom was cooking. And we just talked. I don't remember about what. I don't even remember if I told her that I was like having all these second doubts, but and I might have tried to hint it towards it like throughout the conversation. But we just we talked and I mean I felt a lot better afterwards. And I went on the trip. <laughs> I went on the trip. Um had a great time. Obviously, I'm still here today. Um, but yeah, it was it was a fun trip. It was a great week. Um, for the most part, I would just try to make sure that my blood sugars were a little bit on the higher side before I went to bed. Um, and that was kind of like a first safety net for me to make sure that nothing happened when I was asleep to make sure that my sugar was a little bit on the higher side so that it's not going to drop. And if it does drop, it hopefully won't go too low. But yeah, it was, it was great. I did it. Did this first trip, you know, without my parents, you know, being right behind me. And so really there was, not to say there was nothing to worry about. I shouldn't even say that. But the worry that I put on myself, you know, it was excessive. It was too much. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have worried myself as much. You should always be prepared and plan for the, the what ifs or the worst case scenarios. But I think sometimes you get into your own head and you exaggerate it. And that's, what's not good to exaggerate it. But you know, there's, there's other parts of life where I'm sure you kind of, you have that worry, like with being single or living by yourself with type 1 diabetes, it's, it seems very dangerous to, to kind of do something like that. But, you know, there are some people that do. And I tell you, I, if I did do that, I definitely would not be here today. If I did, I definitely wouldn't. And I don't have to worry about that now. I mean, I'm married. So I'm always with somebody. But, you know, 10 years later from this trip, I don't feel the same about these little kind of limits that I have, you know. They, they still exist in a sense, but that's just how my mind works, you know? You kind of always think, well, I kind of always think, well, I can't do this or I can't do that. But even so, it's, it's not like the same kind of, you know, debilitating fear as I had before. Maybe that just comes with maturing. I don't know. Like I said, it, you can't let that fear stop you, but you should let it guide you. Let it guide you in the sense of you're more prepared. You have an understanding of what could happen, but it doesn't 
stop you from actually living your life. Because there's a lot of fun things out there to do. And you should be able to do them. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And join me again next Wednesday for another episode as I go more into my life with type 1 diabetes. I hope you remember that none of this should be taken as medical advice, but simply me sharing what has benefited me through my life and that you remember to always talk to your doctor before you change anything. Please feel free to hit the follow button or the plus button on your podcast player and if possible to leave a review or a five-star rating if you would like to follow the podcast you can do so on facebook at my type of type one podcast or on twitter at my type of type one and also on instagram at my type of type one or you can follow me personally on Instagram at stone underscore T1D underscore dad. And you can always check out my website, mytypeoftype1podcast.com. Thank you and see you next week.